Welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast to help anyone planning ahead or looking for ideas in retirement or unretirement as we call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. Um, so Victoria, today we have an old friend of mine. Les Bain uh, had a long career at Accenture. Some of it overlapped with mine, uh, I'm delighted to say. He left uh, a couple of years ago and has put together a portfolio of roles. I, I won't steal his thunder by telling you what they are, I'll let him say. Um, but anyway, Les, welcome, welcome. Thanks, nice to be here. Good to have you. Thank you, Les. So could we just kick off with a bit of background, Les? Um, I'm just interested, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I've been with Accenture for 20 years. I think like most people joining Accenture or one of these companies, you know, you plan for two years and then before you know it, you're 20 years in. Um, that was me. But it's been, it was a great journey. It was a great company. Loved every single minute of it. You know, couldn't get enough of it. It was great that it reinvented itself all the time. In my time there, I ran our consulting business for comms media technology, and then I ran our outsourcing business for the same sector in the UK. And then most latterly, I was the country managing director for Accenture in Scotland. And um, I guess that woke me up a little bit to what was happening in Scotland. Through COVID, we, we restructured like many companies. And um, we, uh, I guess there was an opportunity for senior managing directors to think about what they're going to do uh, after lots of dog walks, bottles of wine and the occasional spreadsheet. I concluded that now was a time to go. You know, since then, uh, obviously, I've been on a little journey of my own, um, which we can talk about. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a, a process to think about and to consider. And and um, you know, today I'm, you know, a year out of Accenture. Now I've got um, probably seven or eight different companies I'm working with. I've taken on the chairmanship role of Data Lab. And you know, if I was to scorecard myself now versus from when I left, I feel feel I'm in a good place, and I'm happy to talk about you know how I got here. Actually, can we do that, uh, Les? Can we pick up because I think what a lot of people struggle with is the how you leave when you started thinking. It sounds like this was quite a recent um, yeah yeah thought process. So how did you? How many things have you got now? Tell us what they are, and then how did you get to them? What, what did they? Did you look for them? Did they come to you? What I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, maybe the process of leaving Victoria is probably something that I think is useful because, you know, when is the right time to leave? So occasionally people are in a, a position where they get asked to leave, right? And that's just the reality of the industry and business we're in. Yeah, that wasn't me. I um, was at a point in time where I had an opportunity to leave, shall we say. And I mean, genuinely, I'm not joking dog walks bottles of wine and spreadsheets is the magic recipe because <laughs> it is both an, a, an emotional decision yeah. um, as well as a, a fiscal one candidly and um, you know part of that puzzle is right okay well where am I fiscally and then where am I emotionally um, and I had sort of got to a point where I felt there was a few things stacked up for me you know it was just time to leave. You just kind of sometimes know it in your gut that it's time to leave. And then you're just trying to validate that through your family and through your, your spreadsheets and all the rest of it. And, you know, you start to get the data points and um, you put the trigger on it. Of course, what are you going to do is the, the challenge, isn't it? 
I was quite clear on what I didn't want to do at that point in time, which was I didn't want to go back into corporate world. I didn't want to go back into another big job. So whilst that was clear on one hand, it still wasn't clear what I was going to do, right? It's a big blank sheet, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you almost created another problem, which was I've got this kind of, um, you know, wide open space to move into. What's it going to be? I mean, I left in November. December was like a, a big, long party. And then I woke up in January with no structure in my life. I mean, basically what I did was in the kind of months leading up to leaving, I took a bit of time out for myself to try and think about what I'm about, like what excited me. And I did a timeline through my work about when I was most happiest and why I was most happiest. And I concluded that there was two things on that journey. Um, One was around, if I was involved in anything around innovation, that was a kind of cool thing to do. And I really kind of loved doing it. Um, and things around growth, like growing companies and, and growing businesses and services and these types of things, they, they kind of floated my boat. And also, I was happiest when I was sort of working closer to home and doing things like that. And then that helped me then formulate, okay, I want to go and be involved in innovation, growth, you know, local, uh, and that sort of helped, you know, get my frame of reference right which is I've made a positive decision to leave. I've made a positive decision about what I'm going to do. I'm not just going to fall into doing something. And that's kind of how I then figured out, okay, innovation, growth, local, that's where I'm going to start. So still, you've got to tell us now. So what are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to know what you're doing. other rules of the road, right? So I also said... um, I don't want to pick up any non-executive role for a year. And my rationale for that, and the only thing that jars against that is the data lab, but I can come back to that. My rationale for that was, I was still not sure exactly the journey I'm on, right? And I felt if I was taking on a non-exec role, you know, you have to be quite fair on the people you're doing it with. It's a three year plus kind of type commitment. And also you need to like them and you need to get to know them. So rather than jumping into that type of role, I'm more or less doing a same or similar role, but more in a, an advisory type model. Again, I, I also said to myself, I'm not going to put any equity into any company for a year. So I kind of just put these rules on the road because I think you can get spun up into the egotistical non-executive. Can you, bung me 20 grand can you do this can you do that so i just said no so then when the conversations came up i just said no that's not my plan and and it was easy to deal with so in the companies um i'm working with companies that are you know as small as you know like snap startup companies i mean literally very very nascent organizations uh, with money and with backing because i'm not doing it necessarily free of charge um, all the way up to maybe companies that are plus 10 million turnover. Um, the companies I'm working with are, are a range of things. And this is maybe back to this point about you don't know what you know and you don't know what you do know, right? If you see what I mean. So when I left, one of the, you know, my boss actually, um, the CEO in the UK said, you know, look, when you leave, you know, you just don't know what you, you know, then you don't know what you don't know. And it's kind of a weird thing because you're thinking, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm an Accenture. I'm meant to know everything. When you get out there, 
it's amazing when you start speaking to people how much people really engage in what you're saying and they think that you know something's come out of your mouth and they've went that's unbelievable and you go well what did i just say <laughs> right <laughs> because sometimes when you're in when you're surrounded by like-minded people you're all speaking the same language but you know you're in this now new, new environment where these startup businesses or scale-up businesses or even mature entrepreneurial-led businesses and you've got a different thought process perhaps to other people so i've got this diversity of clients from um really techie companies to purposeful companies um to services companies uh and what i've found is that the knowledge of God and the way I think is something that they don't necessarily have. So it's very complementary to their journey. And when I get into the deep techie companies, right, I just assume their technology is decent. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just look at another aspect of your journey, Les? Um, yeah. How did it feel? How, what were your emotions? Did you did you have anyone to sort of lean on? Did you need any support or what was the what was the ups and downs really of how did you feel? Um, I think it's quite unnerving, right? You know, I'm you know I'm not shy away from anyone. I'm you know 52 year old, and you're meant to know you're conditioned as you're meant to know everything, right? Yeah, and 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 probably as a you know a uh, an older gentleman you're meant to you know know everything and not tell anyone you don't know anything right um which then just creates an enormous pressure on yourself because um candidly you're going into a uh, world where literally you've got no experience of right um so i think overall um whilst you kind of can give out a kind of bravado narrative about i've decided to leave this is what i'm planning to do chat to your mates colleagues bosses whatever you know, under the scenes, you're kind of peddling quite hard to think, right, okay, well, what on earth does that mean? And that I would say that ranges from like the simple mechanical things, right? Like, um, you know, I'm going to have to buy a laptop and I'm going to have to get a new phone and I'm, how do I get my numbers from this to that and blah, 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 blah. So you've got the kind of basic mechanics of trying to create a working life for yourself or a working platform at least you got the financial stuff going on so you're now explaining you know okay now all of a sudden i've not got a check income check coming in so i need to figure out where that money's coming from and you're trying to work out all of that uh, i set up a company i think you know I, i'd strongly recommend anyone leaving that they set up a company of some sort because you need to find a way to get income and that is a pathway that you need to have but then you're setting up a, a, a company like again i've got no idea how to do that right um you, you know here's me like a managing director in accenture doesn't know how to set up a company how embarrassing <laughs> so then you have to get advice don't you so you've got to get an accountant and you know i find um i find a really great accountant he's nothing like me which is perfect right because you know he just knows his stuff so these types of things alleviate some of that pressure yeah, I just had to figure it out, which is the painful part. You know, maybe speak to a few people ahead on the journey, right? I think that's always kind of handy. And, you know, so you've got the kind of mechanical stuff, you've got the physical stuff, you've got to set up the company type stuff. It's all coming at you. At the same time, you've got to go and start 
telling a new narrative. Like you've got to go and start engaging with a network in a different way. You've got to now try and explain, you know, I've left Accenture, I'm doing something else. What's that something else? Like all of that is just coming at you. Month on month, you're not earning any money. And no matter how much separation money you get and all the rest of it, it's ticking down, right? So it's, it's a tricky time and, and you, you have to find people to speak to. Like, and sometimes that's not your spouse or your partner. You know, it's, these sometimes things are inexplicable to other people. So you've got to try and find people to speak to and feel your way around. So I would say probably how do I feel? You put on a brave face of it, a little bit apprehensive probably quite intense at the beginning. How do I feel now? Kind of like, you know, being on a bit of a cycle. Um, I'm starting to kind of get the balance right of work and, and non-work. Um, you know, I'm going for a game of golf in a couple of hours and, you know, all of that type of stuff. You've got to kind of fit that in. Um, but yeah, tricky, I would say. I think, it, I think honestly, I think it's a little bit of an unnerving process, but if you do it right, you know, you come out the end of it, you're feeling a bit better about yourself. Les, I love what you're talking about here because you're bringing to life some of the things that we talk about theoretically. So we talk about the need to think about a personal brand when you leave, that you're not saying I was a partner in Accenture the whole time because yeah. somebody said it's a was a, um, it's a was a, you have to create an I am, otherwise you sound like a has been, don't you? And we also talk about the need to go out to your network. And I'm guessing that that's what you were doing. You sort of alluded to it without saying it. Did you then sort of say, right, I've worked out, this is the innovation bit that I like. And I think you said about Scotland that you're passionate yep. about that, aren't you? Yeah. And then having got that started in your mind, did you just go and have conversations? What did they sound like? Did you go and test the water? Yeah. Did you try it? What was it's it? In, it's really intriguing this because I've just spent the past couple of hours with my daughter, like um, who's leaving university. Um, telling her about what you know like telling her the same stories but obviously in a different context yeah. what i did was um so i came up with this innovation and growth theme and all the rest of it i actually um i wrote a flyer oh i love I it a one page flyer for myself i haven't I haven't given it to anyone i actually just wrote down on one page top to bottom um you know like little oh like a flyer that you'd almost put through someone's door, yeah? But not to do anything with. It's yeah. just more get the thought process going. I came up with this name of my company, which I, I'm changing, but it was called um, Alba Arity. And uh, Alba is obviously Scotland, and Arity is about fulfilling your potential. And the whole essence of what I was trying to articulate with that was um, that I want to work with Scottish companies to help them fulfill their potential. The slight complication is Alex Salmond took over the name Alba um, mm. as a nationalistic party, <laughs> which scuppered cool. that plan. So I have to <laughs> rethink that. Um, but the sentiment is I wanted to work with Scottish companies to help them fulfill their potential. So I just basically built a narrative around that, you know, probably sent a few clunky emails to people, you know, a few intros, but once you get, and obviously you're in a pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID post -COVID sort of situation where the more narratives, the more discussions you have, the better your story sort of evolves and becomes. And, and 
with some people you can test it and some people you can tell it and all the other things so it's quite intriguing i've went from that point to this point where I've, um, i'm working with a, a pr agency and it all sounds a bit grandiose but in reality the, i've got a pr company that i'm speaking to because they speak a certain language um i've got a, a person that's helping me you know, develop a logo for my company. We're going to rethink the name. We're going to get a little website. We're going to do a few things. But I'm kind of glad that I'm only doing that now because I think I would have got it completely wrong if I did it 10 months ago. You know, so it's almost like I've, I've left, I've had this idea, I've went through this process, I've refined, I've refined my arguments, I've refined my thought processes. The, the, the company name's no longer right, but the intention is blah, 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 blah. So a year on from that, I'm probably much more informed to get it right and put a little bit of money into it to say, what does that look like? So um, hopefully that answers your questions. On that, um, there's one thing that I'm, I'm really interested to hear your experience on, because Victoria and I always cyberstalk people and we always look on, on LinkedIn and you know, a lot of the people that we work with either haven't used LinkedIn at all or, you know, they're present, but they don't really, they're not really yeah. active and, yeah. and they're quite cynical often, mm. uh, yeah. but I've looked, well, we both have looked at your LinkedIn profile. It's, it's fantastic. Cheers. Uh, and, and I just kind of wanted maybe to hear you comment a bit on how social media and LinkedIn in particular has kind of helped you achieve what you what you've achieved i mean i think i mean fair play to accenture back in the day i can't remember when it was but we we had um uh, a couple of people come around and help us you know write up our narratives and all the rest of it but again like anything you know sometimes you read it and you think you know jesus did I actually write that it's so cringeable back then and and you know you're kind of you know, I think that's probably a journey that most people go on on LinkedIn, isn't it? Where you kind of overshoot yeah. the mark and then, you know, you're sort of tailing it. You know, you've got every job in history and then you think, oh, no, I don't need to do that. And, and you know, there's a bit of a calibration process to go through. And it was interesting, like when I was in Accenture and particularly doing the country managing director role, it was really good because, you know, I had my LinkedIn page like everyone else, but we had worked with a PR company to really try and, promote the um, intentions of Accenture. And then because you're getting good content and you're writing good content, you could use the platform to promote good content. And then of course that naturally gets you a franchise and you start building off that. Um, so then your following goes up or wherever, you know, wherever you're measuring it. Now what happened when I left was that I kind of lost a little bit of that Accenture platform. I did a couple of things. Um, uh, a company called Digit was kind enough to almost do an exit interview with me and you know we kind of published a little bit of that and I started publishing a, a, a you know maybe a couple of articles or whatever but I felt I didn't really have a decent platform to to promote on so I, I kind of have come back off publishing on LinkedIn I will come back to that once I've got this new kind of company thing all figured out, right? I will come back to it and it will be, you know, more purposeful and everything else that goes with it. So in the meantime, you know, you're just participating in a new conversation. You're building up a new network, right? Um, you're, you're speaking to different people. You're, you're meeting different people. So now you're engaging, you're getting connected with different people. You're looking at, you're understanding what they're up to. 
you know, you're comment, commenting on them, they're commenting on you, and then you know, you're getting contacts and stuff. But I've never really relied on it, you know, for a job or like I'm not really, you know, I mean, I actually get pinged all the time on jobs and stuff, but I'm not really that engaged in it from a job perspective. I see it as it gives you a franchise, you got connected with some people, I'm going to try and start using that franchise in this sort of next 12 months, if you like. Um, but I think if you're not on it, you know, you might be a bit out of the loop. Yeah. You know, or, you know, there's as much intelligence as you can get or understanding or, you know, I was just on it, um, just a, an alumni of Strathclyde University just invested 50 million into Strathclyde University. I think that's like, it's an intriguing data point, right? You know, um, so if you're not on it, you're going to miss these these little snippets that I think in your new world are really important. Now, when you when you download all your contacts, what's quite funny um, at the beginning is that the reality of most of your contacts in LinkedIn are they're all people from Accenture. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's quite funny is I was looking at it going, how come I know that many people from Deloitte and EY? And that I, well, they're all people that were at Accenture that have moved to Deloitte. Like, so you're, you know, quite a bit of your LinkedIn, you know, although you've got bragging numbers, most of them are actually colleagues <laughs> as opposed to, you know, clients, so to speak. But to answer your question, I think um, I think you have to be on it. I think you have to be engaged in it. I'm not sure you necessarily have to be peddling all the time. Some people overpedal, obviously, but, uh, but I think it's a, a relevant, useful place to be. I love that comment about sort of writing your profile and then stepping back a bit. Um, I can think of a few clients where we've helped to write their profiles. And one person said, it is me, but can you get a, give me a few days to get used to me? And I, I thought that was sort of beautifully summed up yeah. when you start, when you know, when we get to the age of 50 plus, you've done a lot and you've achieved a lot. Yeah. yeah and you've got to talk about it. But as you say, it's not sort of bragging, but you have you have to start talking about the breadth of what you can do because that's the new life really isn't it and people don't know you yeah and i think um and maybe it's uh, another interesting angle to come on to as well which is i think you've earned the right somewhat to have an opinion about things right so yeah, i agree and I, I feel uh you know just speaking from the world i'm moving into and what i'm doing but i think that um there was a lot of things I kind of quite liked to do in Accenture that I wasn't allowed to do because it was Accenture and all yeah. the other rules of the road that go around it. You know, you can probably tell I've got a bit of an opinion about things or whatever. But my feeling is there's quite a lot of um, um, what I call stodgy advice kicking around the ecosystem, a bit kind of like, you know, um, I'm going to say old advice, right? You know, I see websites of other advisors that talk about finance transformation and procurement and these are i don't think that's language that people speak anymore right and i think um sometimes you get a little bit conditioned when you're in these big consultancy companies that that's how we speak so i think there's a little bit of reinvention of that when you come out to say i'm just going to speak the way i speak and i'm going to be who i am and i'm going to yeah. build that franchise around me and you know that's kind of what i've done um and I, i've deliberately stepped away from the kind of you know real what i feel I, back to that word stodgy i can't come yeah. up with a better you know narrative on it but yeah, um, we know exactly what you mean there Les. yes yeah 
And it's people, and, and you know, you're peddling old stories, right? And yeah. I think you just got to get a bit more contemporary on it. That's, uh, you know, it's interesting. You have got a lot in on your plate. I mean, you know, uh, you've achieved a lot in quite a short period, but I would also like to pick your brain about what's next. What can you see on the horizon for yourself? Well, um, I'll be really candid. I'm not like um, hiding anything here, right? So, you know, said plan A, don't go back to big job, go go do something different, go, and, go into this space. Um, as I say, a scorecard myself, a year on from where I left, it kind of seems to be working, right? So, so I'm like, wow, that's good. Um, uh, it is. Don't understand, don't understand it. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's working, right? Um, which is great. Um, but that said, then, you know, along comes the usual, um, you know, here's a couple of um, interesting opportunities with big corporates and all the rest of it. And, you know, the associated money that you would expect from it. Right. So, again, I was speaking to someone this morning. They're saying, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, I need to go through these processes. Right. So, um, so the, I've got two things on the go at the moment. I've got two corporate opportunities that I'm going to enter into because I need to go through that to either 100% validate I'm on the right path or actually discover that actually, you know, that mindset a year ago was just an emotional mindset. And actually the reality of it is that actually I'm quite attracted to go back to a big, big role. So that's a potential pathway. At the same time, I am actually paying my own money to someone to help develop a logo from a new business and a yeah. website from a new business and a language and a tone and all these other things. So if if that continues, I kind of see it as like a you know I've had a transition year, so to speak. I'm building a new platform for myself, so you know a new kind of staging post that I will now move off. So all the work that I'm doing at the moment is really about less, right? I've not really pushed the narrative of my company or what I'm trying to do. What I want to do in phase two of that, so to speak, is push more of the brand or the more, more of the franchise of me rather than just me, right? And that means my thought processes. And I mean, it sounds intriguing and it's deliberately intriguing because that's what I'm going to do. So it's a bit kind of watch this space. I don't want to give away too much on what I'm going to do, but I'm going to definitely do something that is probably more of a niggle. And, you know, it could be an egotistical thing or it could be, you know, just whatever. But I just think it's going to be an interesting little journey to go on to sort of evolve what I do into more of a franchise that I can create for myself. And then I'm definitely, um, oh, this is the other thing as well for any golfers um, listening in or any sports people. When I left Accenture, my resting heart rate dropped by 25%. My, my, ha my handicap for my golf also dropped four point something to 0 0.8. So the next phase of that, Trevor, is to get to scratch, right? That's uh, that's the, the, the benchmark by the end of the year. So, um but I say that in jest, but I think you've got to kind of also keep that in your mind, which is um, the net, what next is not just work. The reason I ask, Les, is because, and we hear this from people all the time, that the one thing that they enormously value 
is being in control of their own time yeah. or being able you know to 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 have their own portfolio to make their own choices yeah. Yeah. and 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 not be told <laughs> anymore and you know it it's addictive well it'd be interesting to see i you may have to come back again, please, Les, because when we, we hear the outcome of what there is, you know, analyzing yeah, yeah. the process, what happened in yeah. there. Yeah. For now, I'll, it, probably be si I'll probably be sitting in some corporate job. Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, that's right. Of course, it's. No, I think, but on, on the point about the decision making, just I know you're wrapping up, but um, the, it is good to be in control of your own destiny. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'll tell you what, it's bloody hard at times to say no to people, right? Especially when you get, yeah. you know, it's okay to say no to people you don't like. Obviously, that that's that's easy. Really trying to say no to people that you do like, or I just can't do it, or I can't do it for two months because I'm busy. And actually, busy equals work busy and golfing busy. Um, you know, I mean, it's not just, you know, like I've got hours, but I don't want to give you the hours because I'm using them for something else. Right? It's tricky, right? Um, but uh, anyway, there we go. The it sounds like you're getting well, there so. anyway, which is good. But I just yeah. want to pick up on, so thinking back over this last year, Les, I, th I think you have done brilliantly. You are an absolute fantastic role model with all the things that we So I'm going to use some of your clips in all sorts of places, please. But thinking back, what would be the lessons learned, if any? And I think some of this, you've just got to go through it yourself. It's no good hearing it from other people up to a point. Uh, what would yeah. you, one thing be that you'd say, I wish I, I mean, we don't regret things, but you know, it would have helped me or a takeaway for other people. I think probably, uh, I definitely wish I had a bit more self-belief at the beginning, right? Because I think um, you, you know, back to that kind of bravado face, pedal hard type sort of scenario, which is the gap is not really necessarily as big as you perceive it. But equally, then it probably served me well because, you know, if you come out super arrogant about things, then probably falls the other way, right? You know, that if you think you're actually better than what you are. I actually took on a couple of jobs that, um, on reflection, I wouldn't have done. Like I took on a couple of things that I was working with people on and uh, I thought, oh no, that was a mistake. Um, so I think it's just that, and, and you know, people, people also said to me, oh, don't take on the first thing that comes up. Don't do this, don't do that. You can't stop yourself. It's like it's just impossible. But you know, maybe you know, maybe it's partly regret and partly sometimes you've got to do it to learn that that's what you don't like doing. You know? I yeah, um, and I agree with that, Les. Um, it's interesting. I'm running a program at the moment with some lawyers, and they asked me, and I chatted to them all beforehand before we started the program, and they said, "Could you deal with dealing with rejection and failure?" And I thought it was quite insightful actually to start thinking ahead. Yeah that far but you know i said the main thing is don't think of it as rejection or failure it's a part of the learning curve so i'd say the same to you it's you know going through those companies just as you said it's finding out now that wasn't for me and that's a good learning and let's not do that again well, I, I mean really interesting you mentioned that right because uh you know we'll all probably know this but um in the 20 years in accenture i i, I never did an interview with anyone yeah yeah right yeah like as in being interviewed right yeah so um i applied for this role a ceo position or a really senior position in scotland and the next thing i find myself having to fill in all these forms you know applications cvs you know you're thinking jesus never really had to do this before and then I'm, then i'm then i'm on a panel interview on zoom four people interview me 
right? I'm thinking to myself, well, this is this is new territory now then, right? I'm, I'm now getting interviewed in this role, which I'm not really quite used to getting interviewed. Uh, and I didn't get the role. And, and to the point about failure and all the rest of it, because you're benchmarking yourself on, well, every year in Accenture was a good year, you know, you know, all of a sudden they didn't get the role. But, you know, going through that process and then when you come back to the data lab and the chairman's role at data lab, I went through the interview process, another interview process for this role, of which you're just better at it. You're just more prepared, you're, you're you know, more engaged. So, I mean, every day is a learning day, and all these sort of things, you know, it comes up all the time. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think for everyone, you know, tuning in and listening to this, but I think you got to trust yourself. It's really disruptive at the beginning. Don't set too many expectations, take your time, you know, it'll build, you know, it'll build, it'll build, it'll build. And, you know, as I say, a year on, I think it takes a year to join Accenture, it takes a year to leave it. I'm pretty sure it's the same with anyone that's in a big company, right? Yeah. Oh, Les, that was brilliant. Uh, you've got, I can't tell you how many nuggets in here. Um, <laughs> they're absolutely brilliant. Um, you, you, we're starting to write a book. You'll be quoted in lots of it, I'll tell you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Les. Um, you know, I I was pretty confident when I told Victoria about your story that you would be fascinating. And there are so many nuggets there that I think people will find really, really helpful. And I'd be very keen to keep in touch. Definitely. See, see how things pan out. So, so thank you. No, 100%. 100%. I, I love it. And, and, you know, actually, it's quite cathartic talking out guys um it sort of reminds me of the journey you've been on right which is uh, uh, an interesting one so good luck to everyone that's uh, tuning in i guess yeah thank you Les, thank and good you. luck to you too and stay in touch thank you thanks well i think les has summed up just about nearly all the things that we're trying to help people with here um and actually now what a great ambassador for Accenture uh, as he sort of goes forward I still don't know quite all the innovation stuff he's doing I, I, yeah. I wanted to hear more about that um, for hours to be honest uh, great interview but I love things like the flyer that he did and to be honest the fact that he's prepared to pay to get help and I think I've seen it so many times that people who pay to ask for help actually they're serious about it and they tend to get where they want to be quicker i think yes. um but th that was really interesting i mean which bits did you take out from there yeah i thought um you know it's a it's an absolutely classic case of reinventing yourself you know basically yeah. realizing the value of what you know to other to other people yeah um and stepping back you know and 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 the other thing which i am a big believer in is writing it all down you know, yeah because it just focuses the mind and and it's clearly um to him incredibly valuable yes and i really like that bit about what was it walking the dogs cases of wine was it i'm not sure how much wine bottles of wine bottles of wine and spreadsheets the emotional side which is a sort of dog walking listening to your heart i think in that really yeah. and the bottles of wine almost letting your imagination go i, I love that and then that 
the whole bit about the spreadsheet, which is really about the finances. And a lot of people avoid that, I have found. Um, and actually it unlocks it. It makes it really clear, I have to earn money or actually I could do a lot of things without, and that opens up more opportunities as well. Yeah. But I think it's that sort of focus there um, and listening. Oh yes, that, that was the other bit that about thinking about when you were happiest in your career, which is something you've talked about, Trevor, quite a bit. Um, thinking back to you, what was it about those points when you were really happy? And for him, he was saying, helping businesses grow and the innovation. Yeah. And that's when he felt sparky. And I think it's really listening to that bit of, of what's making you tick. And as you say, you know, it, this is a chance to do whatever you want, really, yeah. way now. Yeah. No, I thought it was it was great. I thought it was great. And it's great to have someone that we will undoubtedly come back to. Definitely. Um, but he actually unpicked an awful lot of detail there, which was what was yeah. so helpful yeah. for others there. So I'm sure we will have equally fascinating conversations with other guests on the um, on the remaining episodes um, of this series. And to everyone out there, please do subscribe. Just go to next-up.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And you'll also find lots of tips, other stories, videos, all sorts of things that will help you find inspiration at this stage in your life. We wish you well on your journey and join us again soon and listen to other people's journeys and learn from them.